bow as we pray. Holy God, we recognize you and honor you as the true and only God, the creator of the world, the giver of life, the true and only God in this world. We're thankful for this opportunity we have tonight to assemble, to study from thy word. We're thankful for this congregation that the effort it puts forth in preaching the gospel throughout in this congregation and throughout the world and the many mission work that we are involved in. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have that we may spread the gospel throughout the world. We're thankful, dear God, for these young men, Ben and Colton and I, that's going to speak to us. We're thankful for their willingness and their eagerness to be preachers and teach your word. May their courage, give them the courage tonight that they speak to us and the courage throughout their lives that they may preach the unsearchable riches of Christ throughout the world. We pray to God for the many sick that are hurting of our congregation. We pray that your healing hand be upon them and comfort them. And never, let us never forget them ourselves that we may minister unto them. We especially remember this time the Ray Bush. We pray that you give him courage and keep him peaceful in his winding hours. We remember the time that he spent in Savannah that he's taught and worked in your kingdom. The services he's given in Nigeria. We're so thankful that we have known such a servant as he. We pray that you'll be with Steve and Dee in their last month in Nigeria, that they may be kept safely, return safely home to us. Their mission may have been successful and safe. Dear God, we pray for our church, our leaders, our elders. We ask you to get them make wise decisions, give them the wisdom to make wise decisions, that the church may grow and prosper and the gospel may be spread. We pray for our nation, and we pray for our national leaders that they may make moral decisions, that our country may stand for the truth. We pray that you'll forgive us as our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, first off, before I start my lesson, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who made this uh, past week for me and Ben possible. It really meant a lot to us, and we learned a whole lot from it. Let's say you had $100, you know, you, just, you saved up, you finally had the money, you're feeling good because you can buy the one thing you wanted to buy, but you counted it up and found out you only had 99 Would you really go out and find one more dollar just to make it 100 Okay, let's say you had 100 pennies, and you counted them out, and you had exactly 99. Would you really look for one more penny just to make it 100? Let's see what Jesus says about finding the lost. I'll be reading from Luke 15, 3 through 7. Luke 15, 3 through 7. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his neighbors and friends together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. These verses are more commonly known as the parable of the lost sheep, which is my topic for the week. What is a parable? The word parable means a story in prose or verse which illustrates one or more principles or lessons. Why does Jesus tell us this story, this parable? It is in reaction to the Pharisees, the self-righteous leaders of the Jews, who were shocked that Jesus eats with such people as sinners and tax collectors. They couldn't understand how Jesus, this holy man, this, this wonderful teacher, could stoop so low as to hang out with the sinners, the prostitutes, the criminals, the seedy crowd, the ones who, who would never be prepared for temple worship. How could, Jesus people, how could Jesus hang out with people like tax collectors? I mean, they worked for the Romans. They, they treated people out of their money. I wouldn't hang out with anyone like that. Those are the questions on the lips of the Pharisees. That's why they're ready to judge Jesus as being the wrong kind of leader. But Jesus says to them in Mark, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. <clears throat> so he tells them a series of three stories about welcoming in those who are lost. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. Jesus came to go after the lost, like a shepherd who risks his life to go back into the wilderness to find his one lost sheep. So too, Jesus put his life on the line to come to this sinful world to find his lost sheep, to find sinners, to save those who are separated from God. It says in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Also, remember that we were probably in their place at one time, which is to need Jesus. Paul says in Romans that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Also, Jesus tells us, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. What does this mean for us today? If we want to learn from Jesus, if we want our ministry to match the goals, the miracles of Jesus, what is it going to look like? What does our ministry look like? It certainly is not just about us, the ones who are always here every time the doors are open. It's about the ones who are not here, the ones who have wandered away or who have never been invited or have just been scared away. What does our ministry look like? It doesn't stay right here in this room, this church. The ministry of Jesus goes out into the world like the Christian who goes to soup kitchens and spreads the word. Also, it goes into streets and homes and corners and alleys trying to find people who are lost, who don't have hope and direction, who don't know the promise and forgiveness of Jesus our Lord. I found this quote, and it says, Ministry does, does not stay inside the flock. It does not stay inside the church. The ministry of Jesus has to go outside to find the lost. I suppose you could say, I left the 99 to go look for the one lost sheep. Except I know that you were once the lost sheep. At one time we were all lost sheep, not knowing Jesus, not having faith in him. And many times in our lives we may have been that one lost sheep wandered away from Jesus, and maybe even left the faith. You may have been that one lost sheep this week, spending minutes or hours or even days apart from Jesus, not trusting in Him as your shepherd and God and Savior. 
Jesus has taught us that his ministry isn't limited to the people who are already here, to this one location. Today, I also know and remind us all, you are the one lost sheep. And Jesus risked everything. He risked heaven to come and save you. When he suffered in this life, it was for you. When he died on the cross, it was to die in your place. When he rose again from the grave to defeat death, it was to defeat your death. So hearing this parable of the lost sheep is a reminder of how we have all been lost sheep at different times in our lives. Outside these doors, outside of this church, uh, in any direction you choose, any door you choose, there's lost sheep to be found. You are the shepherds, the faithful co-workers of Jesus, sent to find those lost sheep. When you go out, you will find those lost sheep on the streets, in your homes, workplaces, schools, restaurants, stadium bleachers, and even in your backyard. Some of those sheep have never heard about Jesus. Some of those sheep just got lost last week after leaving church. You're the shepherds, and Jesus is putting us in all different places to reach different people with the hope of his love. You're the shepherd sent to find the lost, but stay in radio contact with the good shepherd and with the flock. As we go out into the world, it is important to stay in contact with God, talking to him in prayer, learning from his word, so that we don't get confused and get lost ourselves. Keep talking to Jesus while you're serving him out in the field. Today, I want you to remember that Jesus found you and rescued you. Who did Jesus send to find you? Who was it that helped you learn about God or even helped you return to Him? Thank God for that person who tapped you on the shoulder, invited you to church, asked you how you were doing, told you they missed you at church, found you in trouble, but they stayed at your side. Thank God for that person today. And then I want you to leave church today knowing that you were going outside, you were headed to meet some lost sheep, and Jesus, our Lord, is sending you. Think of someone specific that Jesus is sending you to find. Pray for that person this week, and look for many ways to tell or show that person how much God loves us. And then, when we see each other bringing all those lost sheep back, let's celebrate next week and every week. Let's make this one big party rejoicing on how Jesus brings us back into his loving care. These worship services are huge parties for the lost sheep who are back in the flock of Jesus. You are the one lost sheep, but Jesus has found you. Now you are the shepherds sent by Jesus to find other lost sheep. Now you are the household call upon to rejoice when a lost sheep comes back to the flock. I'll leave you with these two questions. So will you be the shepherd Jesus needs you to be? And are you the lost sheep that needs to come back to the flock. Thank you. Before Ben comes and speaks to us, uh, we'll sing number 624, Seeking the Lost. If it's convenient for you, won't you stand as we sing this song?
Seeking the lost, yes, kindly entreating, wanderers on the mountain astray. Come unto me, his message repeating, words of the master speaking today. Going afar upon the mountain, bringing the wander back again into the fold of my Redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for sinners slain, seeking the lost and pointing to Jesus, souls that are weak and hearts that are sore, leading them forth in ways of salvation, showing the path to life evermore. Going afar upon the mountain, bringing the wonder back again into the fold of my Redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for sinners slain. Thus I would go on missions of mercy, following Christ from day unto day, cheering the faint and raising the fallen, pointing the lost to Jesus the way, going afar upon the mountain, bringing the wonder back again into the fold of my Redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for sinners slain. Please be seated. Has someone ever told you before they were going to do something for you? Such as fishing, throwing football, hanging out, playing video games, anything like that. And it came that week... And your adrenaline was running. And then it was that day and you were so excited. It was that time. You were on the couch. You ran to the window. You looked outside. Nobody was there yet. So you ran back to the couch and you sat back down. Then you thought it was five minutes later, but it had only been 30 seconds. So you run back to the window. Nobody's there. You realize that person was never going to show up. That person was never going to do what they told you they were going to do. That's disappointing, isn't it? But let's look at the other side of this story. Have you ever wanted to do something with somebody and they told you, I'm booked. I've already have plans. I'm already going here. I'm already going there. And it came that day you were sitting at home. You are so bored. And then all of a sudden you hear a honk of a truck. And you look outside and it's your dad with the fishing boat hooked up ready to go fishing. Or it's your friend coming up the driveway with the football wanting to throw. There's a story in the Bible very similar to this. It comes from Matthew 21. It's the parable of the two sons. If you would be turning there. As I read this parable, I want you to be thinking about 
Two different services, two different lives that you can offer Christ. The first being a life service, the second being a lip service. Matthew 21, 28 through 32. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. He went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. Like I said, there's two different services here. There's two different sons, two different services. The first being a life service, and the second being a lip service. We're going to focus on the life service here in a second, but right now I want us to focus on the lip service. The lip service is the second son. The son that said, I will go, but never went. The person that said, I will do something with you, but never showed up. Jesus relates this son to the Pharisees and Sadducees and the high priest, religious leaders that are over the followers of Christ, that are supposed to be telling them how to live their lives in a worthy manner. The Pharisees could talk the talk, but they can never walk the walk. That's the first thing about a lip service. You're never stepping up to the plate. You're never fulfilling what Christ has for you. The first thing is Matthew 3, verse 7. When he saw many of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? As I was reading this, I was thinking, what is a brood? You might be having the same thoughts right now, but I was thinking this, and I had no clue what it meant. So the, so the verse made no sense to me. I looked up what a brood is, and I found out that it meant offspring of something. So if you go back and read the verse, John the Baptist is calling the Pharisees and the Sadducees offspring of vipers. He's calling them nasty, filthy, and disgusting things. He's telling them that are, they are pretty much worth nothing because they, are, they have never been able to carry their load and to step up and take action for what they've said. If you read later on in verse 10 in Matthew 3, it says, "...even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire." John the Baptist is telling them, if they can't carry their weight, if they can't bear good fruit, Christ has the axe sharpened. God has the axe sharpened. It is ready to cut you off. He is ready to throw you into the fire if you can't pull your weight, if you can't live what you've been telling people that you can live. The second point that I want us to look about, about a lip service, comes from Matthew 23, verse 13. It reads, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Jesus is telling them that they are hypocrites. They are hypocrites because they are telling people just because they aren't doing things the way that they like it, they're not going to get to go to heaven. 
They're not telling them the way Christ wants it, the way that they are supposed to have it. And they're telling them that they're not going to get to go to heaven because of that. But Jesus tells them straightforward, they're more likely to go to heaven than you are. You're shutting the kingdom of heaven in people's faces that are perfectly normal. And He also tells them they are more likely to go to heaven than you are. Because He's t- saying, He says, neither yourselves are allowed to go into the kingdom. Jesus tells them straight right there, if you live a lip service, if you talk the talk, but can never walk the walk, you will not be able to enter. The last thing is simply a statement about a lip service life. Living a lip service life, living a life like the Pharisees, like the scribes, will never fulfill the will that Christ has planned for you in your life. And as I'm saying this, and being down, let's look at the good side. Let's look at the first son. The first son that says, at first I will not go, but later on turned his life around and started living for God. Jesus is relating this son to the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners. And whenever I think of this, the first thing that comes to my mind is who was Jesus with during the entire time He was on this earth? Sinners. And in the New King James Version, it says that the first son felt guilty, meaning that somewhere in there he felt he was wronging his father. And in this ESV, it says that he changes his mind. So somewhere along the lines of Jesus' conversations with the sinners, He talked to them about baptism and repentance and things that made them feel guilty and know that they were doing wrong and changed their lives to live a life and a life service for Christ. The first thing about a life service comes from Matthew five fourteen through 16 You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Christ is telling them, you have something special. Live your life where whenever you go into a dark place, whenever you're in a room with non-Christians, your single light lights the entire room. Whenever people look at your life, they should be able to say, I want that. I need that. They have something that I desire desperately. Christ also says later on in verse 15, He says, nor do you put it under a basket. Christ is saying, don't be ashamed of what you have. Don't be ashamed to let your light shine. It's not fair for somebody to share with you and you not share with somebody else. Don't be ashamed. And most importantly, live your life where others see it and give praise to God. Give glory to God so that all things will be done in His name. And the second thing, the most important thing about a life service that I can think of is by looking by a greater example. I personally believe you can learn no other way better than to by look at examples that have went before you and set the bar high. This example that I want us to look at is the perfect example. The example that nobody will ever be able to beat. But we can all strive to hit it. His name's Jesus. Jesus lived on this earth. He did many things that we 
can always strive to do. He showed true leadership is not sitting on a throne and being bossy and bossing people around. He showed that true leadership is humbling yourself. At one point in his life, you can read it in John 13, 1-17, where he gets on his knees, wraps a towel around himself, and washes the feet of his disciples. He washes the feet of sinners. A perfect man. A perfect man. Later on in his life, he does more teaching, but he also does many miraculous miracles, some of which are the centurion servant, Matthew 8, 5-13, the healing of the mother of Peter's wife, Matthew 8, 14-17, and the calming of the storm, Matthew 8, 23-27. Jesus did many miraculous things and many things to show true leadership and a true life service. But the thing over all those things that He did for us... He paid the ultimate price. He put His life on the line. He came from heaven and died so that we can, once we have fulfilled our life service, have that hope of eternal life in heaven. Once we've changed our ways from a lip service and became a life service for Christ, we can go to heaven. We can go to heaven and have that hope because of the ultimate example that we can look for. I want to leave you with this statement. God is all, God has invited us all to serve Him. But He gives you free will. He gives you a choice. You can choose a life service or a lip service. You can choose to be, a, be like the Pharisees and the scribes and never step up to the plate and never take action for what you're saying. Or you can be like Jesus Himself and try to fulfill your life to the most of your ability and let others see your light shining and say, I want that and I need that. Christ has invited us, invited us all. If you've been a lost sheep and you've been lost and away from Christ, like Colton said, or if you've been living a lip service and you're ready to be like Christ and be like the others that have turned their lives around and lived a life service, and you want that hope of eternal life, come now as we stand and sing. For all that Thank you for loving and setting me free.
thank these two young men for the fine job that they did and the preparation that they've had and you can tell that uh, they've really had a good week. Are there any other announcements that need to be made before we're dismissed? If you have not had the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, it has been left prepared for you. You can exit the auditorium to my right and you will be served. Our closing song uh, this evening will be number 189, Master the Tempest is Raging. Following this song will be led in prayer. Master, the tempest is raging, the billows are tossing high. The sky is o'ershadowed with blackness, no shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep? When each moment so madly is threatening a grave in the angry deep. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace be still. Whether the wrath of the storm toss thee, torment or whatever it be, no water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still, peace be still. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace, peace be still. Master, the terror is over. The elements sweetly rest. Earth's sun in the calm lake is mirrored, and heaven's within my breast. Linger, O oh blessed Redeemer, leave me alone no more. And with joy I shall make the blessed harbor and rest on the blissful shore. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace be still. Whether the wrath, the storm toss sea, or demons, or men, or whatever it be, no water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still, peace be still. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace, peace be still. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace, peace be still. pray. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you for all the blessings in our lives. We pray for those who are going through very dark hours right now. Please be with Ray Bush and his family and we just pray that you would comfort them. 
thank you so much for Ben and Colton and their preparation and their willingness to uh, speak, to study and to speak and to, and to do what they've done tonight. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to be with them as they develop and hopefully that they will be able to minister your word one day. Father, help us each day of our lives to uh, not only talk the talk, but to walk the walk as Ben talked about, and not to provide lip service, but to, to truly do what, we, what we're supposed to do and to live like we're supposed to live, make our decisions based on your word and, and, to, and to study your word so that we know it. Go with us this week and forgive us of our sins. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.